he almost got away with it. The high school hunk turned gentleman bank robber who had the brains and unfortunately the desperation to plan one of the most outrageous bank heists in years. The question at the heart of it, how to keep eyewitnesses from identifying him. Well, he did what any deep thinking robber would do. He hired extras, people who had no idea what they were showing up for. Cloning himself 15 times over. And if it sounds like a movie, it might soon be. Tonight, though, the real life script from the robber himself, even before he gives it to Hollywood, he's giving it exclusively to 2020. Here's Gio Benitez. In the annals of robberies gone wrong, there's a long list of do's and don'ts. Like, always know your escape route. And try to come up with a better disguise than a tree. He had tree branches duct taped about his body. But for Anthony Curcio, the line between brilliant and botched is blurred. He pulled off the perfect crime, almost, from high school football fame to bank heist infamy. It's like something out of a movie. A brazen bank robbery suspect. Wearing gloves, sunglasses, and a mask. Attacking an armored truck with a bag full of cash. Making his escape on an inner tube. Curcio is now known in his hometown as the crook who almost got away with a seriously crazy plan. It started here, on the outskirts of Seattle, the sleepy town of Monroe, Washington, where manicured lawns smack of ordinary life. The kind of place where life seems pretty predictable, unless, of course, you're planning the unpredictable. In Curcio's case, it was a crime fit for Hollywood, complete with decoys and disguises, daring escapes on jet skis and inner tubes, and bags overflowing with stolen loot. You had just stolen $400,000. What does that even look like? Enough to fit in a bathtub. Curcio's life of crime started innocently enough, a golden boy from a well-to-do family with everything going for him, and for whom everything came a little too easy. Captain of the high school football team, known for his Friday Night Lights victories. Catching a touchdown pass, that's a true feeling. How much of that defined who you were? Though? Everything. That's what I was. He had it all, good looks, a talent for sports, and a pretty cheerleader girlfriend named Emily. I knew that there was something special about Emily, and beyond special, for sure. You know, we were that couple where the teachers would call me Mrs. Curcio. I remember the first time that he told me that he loved me, I was just kind of like, oh my god. The two became inseparable in high school and stayed together when he went to college at the University of Idaho. No longer the big fish in a small pond, Curcio was now feeling the pressure of college sports. His way to cope? Alcohol. Lots of alcohol. That was your escape. You just kept drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking. It got so bad after a couple months of that, I was just drinking straight out of the bottle. The next season, a torn ACL was Curcio's introduction to a new vice, Vicodin, which numbed the pain of just about everything. I was insecure about not being good enough. Vicodin took that away from me. It calmed me down. It made me feel like Anthony doesn't need to be an athlete. How far would you go to, to get it? And I started forging prescriptions, going into pharmacies, faking injuries. One day I'd be John with a dental issue, and in the next pharmacy I'd be Stephen with a hurt leg. That was where I crossed the line. In high school, I had this moral foundation, integrity. Once I met Vicodin, that all went out the window. You talk about Vicodin like it's a person. Vicodin, well, it's an enemy. That's what it is. Pills became his lifeblood. When my addiction progressed, 
my criminal involvement progressed too. The more pills he took, the more brazen his behavior, like dressing up as a mover to steal college furniture. He even created counterfeit baseball cards to sell on eBay, all for his addiction. All I remember is that moment after I take pills and feeling like the man again. Everything's cool, everything's at peace. It was that man who married his high school sweetheart, Emily, and became a father to a little girl. He lived a double life for over a decade. You were putting on this front. As best I could, yes. He was the spin master, and I was like putty. I believed everything that he said. He was a man used to turning a quick buck, so he got into real estate, flipping houses to support an increasingly lavish lifestyle. Not even my wildest nightmares could I have dreamt up or made up the kinds of things that he was actually doing. She stayed with him through multiple stints of rehab, but had no idea how far her husband had fallen. At his worst, Curcio says he was blowing through $15,000 a month on drugs, popping 50 pills a day. He was living on the edge. Then he went over it. After investing hundreds of thousands of dollars in homes. The market crashes. Yes. And now you've not just lost your money, now you're losing your drugs. Now I'm losing my drugs. The man on top of the world was going belly up, on the verge of losing his big house and the Mercedes parked out front. Now, with less than $20 in his bank account, he was even stealing groceries. So he did what came naturally, find his next fix. Sitting in a parking lot, munching on a jack-in-the-box burger, Curcio came up with an even grander plan for some fast cash. I'd just been into the bank, Bank of America, and I see the armored car show up. What'd you say to yourself? This is the answer. Curcio became obsessed with, even addicted to, planning an armored truck heist, drawing elaborate diagrams of the scene, spending hours watching the trucks and learning their blind spots. All to the hum of Tom Petty's Free Fallen on the radio. When I was on pills, I have that OCD, very detail-oriented. Curcio came up with a clever disguise when he was out casing the bank. I started to dress up as like a landscaper that was doing the grounds. I got this landscaping outfit, blue shirt, blue hat, safety vest, and I was so obvious right in front of him that he couldn't see me. The getaway plan? Use something fast to get down a slow-moving creek. A jet ski would do, but when he found the water wasn't deep enough. I start digging this thing out, you know, six, seven, eight hours a day. You realize you were literally changing the geography of a creek. Yes. So that this could work. Yes, yeah, stupid. I mean, you really thought you would be able to pull this off. Yes, there was no question that I wouldn't be able to pull it off. That's how I thought then. On the first dry, or rather wet run, the jet ski hit a rock, still not deep enough. So he came up with plan B. He would use an inflatable yellow inner tube to float his way to freedom. And here's where Curcio's plan jumped the tracks. On a practice run, Curcio stashed his disguise behind a nearby dumpster, forgetting, of course, that where there are dumpsters, there are dumpster divers. This homeless guy with his long beard and a dog started yelling, I know what that stuff is, or something like that. I was like, what are you talking about? And I got in to my car, I'm thinking, man, you just jeopardized everything. You've done all this planning, you've done all this stuff in order not to get caught. And then I started to think, even if he has a light description, that doesn't mean anything. To Curcio, there was no turning back. And now there was just one step left, creating 15 accomplices to help him pull off his perfect crime. I realized that I could 
create a, a decoys by just blending into the crowd. You needed to create the crowd. I needed to create the crowd, and that's when I went to Craigslist. And this latest idea took Curcio's already wacky plan up, dude? to a whole new level. This is my day. It's game time. Stay with us. Anthony Curcio was about to attempt one of the most bizarre bank robberies in recent history. After three months of meticulous planning, everything was in place, including the final detail, decoys. I needed to create the crowd. How can I get people to show up at all this place? You know, at one time or whatever. My thing was, oh, I'm gonna go make a Craigslist posting and I'm gonna get people to wear the exact same thing I was wearing there. He posted a convincing ad luring eager landscapers with promises of 28 bucks an hour. It specified a uniform, blue hat, blue shirt, safety glasses, and a yellow vest, a minor investment for someone looking for a job. He even followed up by email with more details, where and when to meet, and to stay put until their supervisor showed up. And it worked. The morning of the crime, a crowd of hopeful workers stood cluelessly outside the bank. This was the get-up Curcio's ad called for. Now imagine me times 15. What's up, dude? Now one of these guys was gonna pull off the ultimate heist that morning. The rest, they were gonna help. They just didn't know it. Corey Skinner was one of those workers. Everybody was just kind of sitting around talking and waiting to go to work. And about 35 minutes later, we finally realized that we weren't there to work. Corey went to high school with Anthony Curcio, but had no idea what the most popular kid in school was about to do. I'm definitely nervous. It felt just like a before a big game, except and now I'm dealing with my life here. All of a sudden, I see the armored car. So I take my mace, I get about 15 feet from him and pepper spray him. This bank surveillance video tells the story. Curcio comes out of nowhere and hits the guard with enough mace to stun a bear. The guard reaches for his eyes and lets go of the bags of money hanging on the cart. Curcio makes his move. Did what I planned on doing and grabbed the money, took off. Detectives Tim Buzz Bazell and Barry Hatch didn't need to get the call that morning. They heard it. I was on another case and I kept hearing sirens and sirens, and I know, oh, something's, something's big's going on. Buzz and Hatch, each with 15 years of sleuthing under their holstered belts, constitute two-thirds of the detective unit in the small town of Monroe. But when Buzz and Hatch arrive at the bank that day, they encounter a first, 15 clones of their crook. When you started seeing all these people wearing the same clothes, what were you thinking? A lot of people dressed up the same way might be a distraction to some, but really we're chasing a guy that's running down the street, stripping off his clothes. They learn from eyewitnesses that the culprit is tall, skinny, and athletic, and that he took off carrying the two bags of cash under his arm. Like, what else? A football. Where was he running off to? Did they tell you where? Right down to the creek. Right down this way? Yep. We see how busy this road is. It's a very busy intersection and road. And it happened in the middle of the day. Yes, and he almost got hit by a truck. 
The witnesses saw the robber race down this path toward the creek, fumbling one bag along the way, clearly overwhelmed by the weight of his treasure. Then, for 200 feet at breakneck speed, he ran to the edge of the creek to make his unlikely getaway on an inner tube. The officers told me that the inner tube was on the far side of the, of the creek. I thought it was resting up against uh, some trees and brush. What did you think when you saw that? That was a strange way to try to escape from a, a robbery, and where did he go? Where'd he go? The last place anyone would look for a thief. I have to get out of there. So I'm trying to think in this whole chaotic mess, and the only place I could think of was, well, the one place that the police aren't going to be is at the police station right now. Curcio sets off in the direction of the local police station, now looking like an average Joe walking down Main Street. But this was where Curcio's plan really goes awry, with two thoughtless blunders. Number one. My shoes are soaking wet. When he tries to use a phone at a nearby business, he nearly blows his cover. I'm hoping the receptionist doesn't notice him. I say, is it right if I use your phone? He gets on the phone and arranges a ride, but then blunder number two hits him. Where do you stash 400 grand in cash? After counting it, it was like, okay, it's a done deal. You know, pat myself on the back. I saved the day in my mind. Then I'm trying to figure out, well, what do I do with this money? Where am I going to keep it? You spent all that time planning this heist and all that. You had no idea what you were doing with the money? No. But there was something Curcio left behind in his mad dash. When he ran off, he had tore off his mask, a particle mask, a dark sunglasses, a hat, a wig, and threw that onto the ground and continued running uh, down to the river. And what were you thinking when you hear all this? I'm suspecting that all of that is great evidence to catch whoever did it. Inside the robber's mask, trace amounts of saliva that would contain his DNA. But finding a man that matched that DNA would take these detectives on a cat and mouse chase right out of Catch Me If You Can. Someone called in a report of robbery type items being hidden behind a dumpster near the bank. When they dig up the report, they find the caller not only discovered the disguise, he also took down the license plate of the man who came back for the items. When that officer put that license plate in there, what, what do you learn about that? The owner of the vehicle. And who's that owner? Emily Curcio. And in the small town of Monroe, everyone knew Emily Curcio was married to Anthony Curcio. Anthony's name was the one that quickly came to the top of the list. Now you have this name at the top of the list, and what do you do with it? Well, we've got to track down the witness to start with to really solidify that what he saw was what he saw. And this wasn't your typical witness, was it? No. When we come back, who was the mystery caller who had been keeping an eye on Curcio? His identity would shock everyone. Stay with us. Continue with 2020's The Almost Perfect Crime. Once again, Gio Benitez. 911, what's your emergency? Three weeks before Anthony Curcio made off down that babbling brook on an inner tube, this call came in to 911 reporting suspicious items behind a dumpster. He found burglary tools? Yeah, a cap, a wig. I can't imagine, bigger than I've ever seen. 
All right, can I get your last name, please? D-D-A-N. Your first name? Alan A-L-A-N. Alan, what's your phone number? I don't have one. I'm homeless. Homeless. That's right. The caller was someone who didn't have much, but among his belongings, a moral compass. Remember the dumpster guy who warned Curcio weeks before the robbery about being up to no good? I thought, well... Maybe if he's homeless, maybe he's been drinking, maybe he's not going to remember my description. Now he was a crucial witness, and Buzz and Hatch needed to find him to help them nail Curcio. But how do you find a witness with no address? I went to a McDonald's and I bought 10 regular hamburgers, and I started handing out hamburgers to homeless people, asking if they knew a guy named Alan. In Tiny Monroe, there was only one place you would take hamburgers to find a homeless guy, Tent City. Six hamburgers later, I found a tent with a guy named Alan. So now you have four hamburgers left. And what happens when you reach Alan's tent? You know, you can't really knock on the door of a tent, but I just said, Alan, are you in there? It's the police. And he responded with, it's about time you got here. This is Alan Dean, perhaps the unlikeliest source for the key that would unlock this entire case. What did you see behind that dumpster? Well, it was just a wig, sunglasses, big can of mace, stuff like that. I knew what it was. What was it? Burglary tools, robbery tools. How'd you know? I mean, who else is going to wear a wig? And you see a guy, don't you? What happens? He walked straight up to it, so I knew it was his. And I went over and told him that the police were coming to take a look at that stuff, and he might as well just leave it alone. And so what happened? The moment he picks that up, what do you do? He got in his car, and I wrote tag number down. And you have a pen. You have a pen right now. Yeah. I like to do the crosswords. So you always have a pen with you. Yep. What do you think he thought of you? <laughs> I think he didn't. He felt like that I wouldn't remember anything or something like that. You never thought that he was going to be the key witness. Oh, no way. No. I underestimated him completely, yes. With Dean's statement, detectives are closing in on Curcio. Then we decided we needed to set up surveillance on Anthony. And, and how did that go? At first, not good because we couldn't find him. So where does a thief with $400,000 go? Las Vegas. That's right, instead of laying low, Curcio heads to the Palms Hotel in Sin City. And sin he did, cheating on Emily, throwing money around with another woman. But after a night of sex, drugs, and a Britney Spears concert, Curcio's conscience got the better of him, nagging thoughts of his wife, toddler, and now a newborn, just weeks old. And it's like, why'd you do that? Why are you in Vegas? Why aren't you home with your family? Why aren't you a husband? Why aren't you a father? And here I have all this money, and it still didn't solve that problem. And it made me sick. He returns home to a very suspicious wife, the town rumor mill still buzzing from the heist. He would make comments about the robbery like, oh, did you see this in the paper? And he'd hand me the paper and be like, oh my gosh, isn't this awesome? You know, isn't this cool? I'm like, yeah, pretty cool. You know, like whoever did that's going to get caught. And then I'm sure they're going to think it's really cool then. But Emily isn't the only one watching him. So are Buzz and Hatch, waiting patiently while suspect number one keeps screwing up, his 400 Gs now bankrolling flashy purchases like a Range Rover. Then one day, when he stops at a gas station, cops get the break they need. They saw him get out with a Gatorade bottle that he added in his uh, vehicle and throw it into the trash. 
Inside that bottle, enough of Curcio's DNA to compare to the saliva in that mask ditched at the scene. Bingo, it's a match. What's going through your mind? We got him. We got a guy. While hanging out in this Target parking lot with a little pocket money, $17,000, Anthony Curcio was arrested. There was definitely a moment where it sunk in that he definitely had something to do with this. And how the hell did I get here was when I looked through that peephole. And there's four armed police FBI agents on my porch. After years of secret addiction and lies, watching her best friend spiral out of control, Emily was spent. My heart just dropped, you know? And at the same moment, it was like, oh, thank God, it's over, you know, this is done. He eventually pled guilty and was sentenced to six years in prison. But it was Emily's sentence too. Now a full-time working mom left to raise their two girls alone. I sold off all of our belongings basically and I just left the house and moved in with my parents. When the stolen money was finally recovered, it took eight people four hours to hand count the crumpled bills that arrived in garbage bags. Curcio has given up his addiction and drawing diagrams of armored trucks. He's now taken to drawing pictures for children's books and educating young people about drug addiction. He's already co-authored a book about his wild heist and is working on making amends with Emily. So Emily, a lot of people might be looking at this and saying, what on earth is she doing with this guy? He's lied to you. He's stolen money. He's cheated on you. Why are you sitting right next to him? because I never forgot about who he was um, when I fell in love with him. And I just knew that he was still that person somewhere deep inside. Released from prison just 10 weeks ago, Anthony Curcio, the once local football hero, returned home to the small, quiet town of Monroe. Now, instead of crime, he has family on his mind. See how high you can get. I had justified that I was doing this for my family. But you know what? Someone that's doing that for their family would have not gambled with them and lost five years of not being around them. You felt like you gambled with them. Yeah. And you should never gamble with something you're not willing to lose. As you can see, Anthony now has two children still together with that high school sweetheart. Would you have taken him back? We're on Twitter throughout the hour. Let us know. Use the hashtag ABC2020.